That's the sound of a day starting out right. I hear it every time my new Toro Z-Master 4000 Zero Turn starts up. With big-time horsepower, giant Voodoo track tires, TurboForce deck, and comforts like MyRide and USB ports, it's fully loaded to mow all day long while delivering that signature Toro cut. From start to finish, this beast means business. Get your Z-Master 4000 today. Toro. Count on it. The s and Podcast Channel. The perfect channel for any style of podcast. We have all different pop culture style podcasts for all of your listening needs. If you would like to start a podcast, you can reach us at sndpodcast at gmail.com. We are always looking for new podcasts to add to our channel, and the topic could be anything you want. So contact us now. What is up, everybody? Welcome to this edition of the Jay's Weekend Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Jay, once again, bringing you all the hits and misses when it comes to professional wrestling. This is episode number 49. No, legit, it's episode number 49. (laughs) It's not like the last episode where I said it was when it wasn't by mistake, but it was all fixed. It's all good. (laughs) This is episode number 49, and um, dude, I mean... There's a lot of things to get into. I mean, within the past couple of weeks, we've had a ton. I mean, a ton. It almost feels like an oversaturation, but there's been a lot of wrestling going on in the past couple of weeks with AEW, with WWE and all its, you know, you know, NXT and the main roster product itself, as well as Impact. Yes, I'm actually going to be talking about Impact in this episode. Whoa, I know, mind blown. But the main reason I'm going to be getting into Impact is because they made a bunch of moves in terms of all of the guy, a lot of the guys who were released after WrestleMania. A lot of them, they're, uh, all of them, for the most part, their 90-day no-compete clause is over, and they are free to do whatever they want. So, with that being said, Impact did make a bunch of moves, and it started at their Slammiversary pay-per-view, um, where, conveniently, on that date, a lot of the guys... 90-day complete, uh, compete clause was up. So, uh, just real quick, I might as well, I'm going to just get into Slammiversary and where Impact is right now because at the moment, uh, they made another move uh, during this past Tuesday's show um, with uh, a video of Brian Myers, a.k.a. Kurt Hawkins, uh, is going to be on Impact. So, with that being said, I mean, I'm going to get in, and like I said, there's going to be a lot of stuff I'm going to talk about. I'm going to cram a bunch of content into this episode, so be ready. <laughs> I'm going to talk about Slammiversary. I'm going to talk about the horror show at Extreme Rules from last week. And I'm going to get into Raw, SmackDown, NXT, AEW. Okay, so put your seatbelts on, get a drink, uh, get ready. <laughs> We're just going to dive into this shit, all right? We're going to get into it right now. So, <laughs> like I said, I'm going to start start off with Impact. Um it took place last Saturday, last week. Um, so we had, and and I gave it a ch- I gave it a chance because I was intrigued. I was intrigued to see because they showed they kept at the promo to the pay per view, the promotion to the pay per view. 
they kept showing a video of like a guy looking at the TV of like a news bulletin of all these guys who are possibly going to jump ship to Impact Wrestling. They showed Gallows and Anderson. They showed EC3. They showed Eric Young. They showed Bully Ray, who his Ring of Honor contract, um, I believe, expired. Um, They showed a bunch of guys. They showed Mike and Maria Kanellis. They showed a a whole slew of athletes that may be coming to Impact. So it intrigued me to see who was going to show up, who was going to be that fourth man in the world championship match at, at the main event. And it intrigued me what tag team. And obviously, Gallows and Anderson was like the main thing everybody pretty much knew about that they were going to jump ship to Impact Wrestling. Um, I thought they were going to be the ones to answer the Rascals' uh, uh, open challenge for a tag team match at the beginning of the show. To my surprise, their match was, their open challenge was answered by the returning one of the Technically, one of the best tag teams in maybe the past 10, 15 years. Um, you know, one of the most exciting tag teams, especially probably one of the best tag teams in Impact ever, um, the Motor City Machine Guns. Uh, Chris Sabin and Alex Shelley. Chris Sabin is obviously, along with Alex Shelley, they're, I, I don't want to call them TNA Originals because they're not, but they were there from the beginning for the most part. Um, I say that because I view them more as like I view Alex Shelley more as a Ring of Honor guy. Um Chris Saban, I could say is a TNA original, but Alex Shelley used to go back and forth. But I consider Alex Shelley more of a ROH guy than a than an impact guy. Um but yeah, they came together in about two thousand six or two thousand seven and they actually became the Motor City Machine Guns in Ring of Honor. And then they brought that team, uh that gimmick to TNA. Um, but yeah, they came back, which uh, to my knowledge, the Motor City Machine Guns were on nobody's radar. They weren't on mine uh, in, in terms of a return to impact. Uh, I, I last saw Alex Shelley in NXT, uh, reuniting with his tag team partner from New Japan Pro Wrestling, Kushida. And, uh, they, they were in a tag team tournament in NXT and, uh, I want to say they lost to Imperium or uh, I forget who they lost to, but, but. They lost the match in the tag team tournament. And um, it was great to see Alex Shelley live with Kushida um, in NXT. I saw that live at Full Sail University. Um, it, it was good to see him. It was good to see him. And I thought maybe they'll give him a chance in NXT. But it was obviously a one-shot deal. Um, so the Motor City Machine Gun showed up. They won the match. They still look great. They still, you know, they can move. They can still do their thing. Um, they're actually... they They... You know, they're tandem offense. All, you know, they're just constant, you know, great tag team. They've always been a great tag team. And um, they answered the challenge and they won. Then you go to <laughs> Moose and Tommy Dreamer for the, <laughs> in an old school match for the TNA championship. Now, obviously, this this is something that confused me a while back, a, a little while ago, because I'm not going to lie to you, I was not paying attention to the show, to the impact for a while. So obviously the whole thing with Tessa Blanchard being stripped of the end of the I almost said NWA. Well, I'll get into that a little bit later too. Um, Tessa Blanchard being stripped of the Impact Heavyweight Championship when her when they terminated her, and um, all of a sudden I see Moose holding a World Championship. Now I didn't know because, like I said, I wasn't really paying attention. 
but he came across the old TNA heavyweight championship, the old belt that they had, and he brought it out and he declared that championship the world heavyweight championship, and now he's the world heavyweight champion. Um, which is something that has been done before in pro wrestling plenty of times. Somebody will find a championship in the garbage or <laughs> it's like in WCW when um, I think I want to say Hacksaw Jim Duggan was a janitor. And uh, <laughs> this is during the, the wonderful times in WCW in the year 2000. <laughs> and um, Hacksaw Jim Duggan finds the old WCW television title in the trash. And um, then he declares himself the television champion. So I guess finders keepers in terms of that uh, that logic of things. So Moose finds the, t- the old TNA championship. So now he considers himself the TNA heavyweight champion. Fine. If you want to do that, fine. <laughs> so it just confused me because they're having a fatal four-way for the Impact heavyweight title. And Moose is the TNA champion. So once again that time before I was not paying attention. Now I, I came up to speed and I was like, okay, cool, fine. So (laughs) they have what they called an old school rules match, which is pretty much just no holds barred, hardcore ECW style, whatever you want to call it, you know, decent match. I mean, it's good that we still have veterans like Tommy dreamer around and other veterans to keep these, to, to show the young guys the way and, and put them over and stuff. But I don't know. Uh, Guys like, dreamer and later on with shamrock i i I mean i'd rather have tommy dreamer in the ring right now than ken shamrock ken shamrock could barely move i mean he could still do some stuff but he's just a barreling like piece of stone like he's in great shape but the man could barely move (laughs) I, i just didn't think in 2020 we'll still be seeing guys like dreamer and shamrock and i mean these are guys that that i was a little kid and they were wrestling and I'm in my 30s now and have a family. I'm a grown-ass man, and I'm still seeing these guys go. You know what I mean? And, and if they could pull it off, good for them. But, I mean, just this is just my opinion, and, I, and I'm a fan. Don't, don't get me wrong. I've always been a fan of Ken Shamrock. I've always been a fan, kind of, of Tommy Dreamer. I'm a Raven guy. So in terms of my fandom, in terms of my ECW growing up and, and all this other stuff, I was always on the side of Raven in terms of Raven versus Tommy Dreamer. And I have their full feud on DVD. It's like seven and it's like seven or eight DVDs. I'm a huge fan. I'm a fanatic. <laughs> but in terms of Dreamer versus Raven, I'm I'm always gonna be Raven. I'm always gonna be whatever. Raven versus Sandman. I have their feud also. I'm a be I'm a Raven guy. I'm a mark for Raven. But in terms of and Tommy Dream is a New Yorker, just like me. <laughs> He's from Yonkers. I lived in Yonkers for eight years. Believe me. I I just I just didn't think in 2020 I'll still be seeing Tommy Dreamer on my television or Ken Shamrock. But once again, good for them. I'm a fan. They can still do it. Good. <laughs> but yeah, Moose wins the match um with a spear. Uh they had a it, it, it was a hard hitting match. It was pretty good. I'm not gonna poo poo, totally poo poo. I'm sorry, I went on a little tangent on Tommy Dreamer there. Sorry about that. But, um, but yeah, so after that, Moose defends that belt, which is not a recognized belt, but whatever the case, well, well there's other recognized, but unrecognized belts in other companies, <coughs> FTW. Um, but we'll, we'll get, we'll get into that in a second. <laughs> so the next match 
on this Slammiversary card is the aforementioned Ken Shamrock and Sammy Callahan going for the Impact Tag Team Championship against the North, Josh Alexander and all-ego Ethan Page. It was okay. It was a good match. But like I said, Ken Shamrock is just a big lumbering log. He could barely... He, he just looks super stiff. He's not loose. He, he, I don't know, man. This whole little resurgence of Ken Shamrock and from like 2018 to 2020, I'm just like, why? It's like, you ever seen that meme with Ryan Reynolds that he's like, I forget what movie it's from, but he's like a... He's wearing he's out he's like a in a doctor's office or, or in surgery or whatever and he has a little mask. He takes it off and he goes, But why? But why has been my thought process about Ken Shamrock since coming back to Impact Wrestling. <laughs> but whatever. Him and Sammy, they put on a decent match with the North and um the North retained the titles, which they lost this past Tuesday to the Motor City Machine Guns. So now the Motor City Machine Guns are the Impact Tag Team Champions. So congrats to them. Um they had a women's gauntlet and they had some random dude who was dressed up as Ty of Valkyrie and then she came and then he came out later on as Rosemary. I don't know who that guy is, but that was kind of annoying. I felt like they were kind of like uh I don't know work a Santino Morella type thing where he came out like Santina and he was trying to win. But nah. Um I forget <sighs> shit, who won? Oh, it was Kylie Ray. Smiling Kylie Ray won that match and she is now the number one contender for the women's title. Um, which is now held by the virtuoso, the virtuosa, sorry, sorry, <laughs> the virtuosa Deanna Perrazzo, um, which going on into the next match, Deanna Perrazzo defeated Jordan Grace for the Impact Knockouts Championship. And that was a pretty good match. I think the, I've always liked Deanna Perrazzo and I've always liked Jordan Grace. So it, it was a pretty good match. Jordan Grace is just a powerhouse and Deanna Perrazzo is your uh, technical technical wrestler and Deanna made her tap out with a nice looking double arm bar move and um yeah it was a pretty good match um Chris Bay who I'm not 100% familiar with but uh you know he kind of reminds me of Shane Strickland aka Isaiah Swerve Scott <laughs> he gives me that vibe but uh he had a match with M Willie Mack and defeated the Mack for the Impact X Division Championship um another decent match you know I can't I'm not gonna poo-poo on everything, but uh, in terms of what Impact did, but it was they put on decent matches. I'll tell you this: the the product is more watchable than it has been in the past while. I'll, I'll give it that. Um, I, I didn't really care for Tessa Blanchard beating Brian Cage. I didn't care for Tessa Blanchard being Impact champion, and it's not anything to do with being sexist. It's just, and I know it's wrestling, and I know we have to dispend uh suspend our disbelief, but um, I don't know. Tessa, Ban Tessa Blanchard, all 130 maybe pounds of her, defeating a huge monster like Brian Cage, who just went to war with John Moxley at, at Fight for the Fallen for the AEW title. And I don't know. I don't buy it. <laughs> There's a reason why, even at her peak, they didn't make China the world champion. There's a reason why. And, and ever since then, I know Charlotte has made some claims that she wouldn't mind going for the world title. No, 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 no. Can't. We need to stop that. <laughs> there's a reason why there's a men's division and a women's division. And I know there's intergender, intergender wrestling out there, and which will probably stop after the the coming, the the movement that has gone down on Twitter as of late. But, um, yeah, I mean, to have 
to have a girl win the men's world title and and defend it and it, it, it'll just make it look bad i'm sorry like i said i'm all for women's wrestling but women's wrestling not women we're going on a different <laughs> we're going on a different level here uh but whatever i wouldn't mind seeing tessa blanchard in nxt or wwe or even aew because they got their women's division is looking okay um but her as a men's world champion i don't see it um i didn't see it then and i don't see it now um okay so the main event the fatal four-way for the impact heavyweight title you have ace austin who I like, by the way, Ace Austin, Eddie Edwards, Trey from the Rascals. <laughs> sure, and um, <laughs> and the 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 you know the dude that was supposed to be this mystery. Who's it gonna be? Who's it gonna be from WWE that's coming by to to, to Is it gonna be EC3? Is it gonna be Mike Canellis, who was who was a good Impact guy? Is it gonna be Bully Ray from from ROH? Who's it gonna be? It was Rich Swan, at least at the moment. Rich Swan comes out with crutches, takes him off, starts dancing, and comes to the ring. I swear, bro, before Eric Young's music hit, which is the mystery guy, by the way, before Eric Young's music hit, I was like, you've got to be shitting me, and I almost turned it off. <laughs> I was like, listen, I like Rich Swan. Um, I thought he got a raw deal. Get it? Raw raw deal i thought he got a raw deal in wwe um i feel like he carried that cruiserweight division with neville uh pock aka pock for a long time and they did a great job and um but but no 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 i was like you gotta be shitting me this can't be it and then eric young's music pops and he comes out in a mask and he takes it off and the cool thing about eric young popping out is mad mad fulton madman fulton who's with ace austin obviously was an original member of sanity so eric young comes on they they did a good job of not really pointing it out but they put the camera right on madman fulton and he had a face on like you gotta be shitting me <laughs> so who knows if they could do something with them later on in terms of maybe madman fulton jumps uh from ace austin to uh Eric Young and and they get a thing going because I feel like they don't really know what to do with Madman Fulton now that uh OVE is pretty much done. Sammy Callahan's on his own and and they sent the monster off to be with another guy. He's pretty much just going to be a big lackey um for his time and impact. I don't think he's going to do much, but uh him and him and uh Eric Young make more sense obviously because of the history. Um so they have a it turns into a fatal five way <laughs> which Eddie Edwards ends up winning. And um, Eddie Edwards ends up getting attacked by Ace Austin and, and Madman Fulton at the end of the at the end of the match. And then the Good Brothers come out. Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson come out and make the save. And they have beers with the new Impact Champion Eddie Edwards. And the show goes off the air. Um, it was a good show. I'm I'm not gonna poo poo on it. The Impact Slammiversary show was a good show. Slammiversary is kind of like their... No, no, I'm sorry. Bound for Glory is is like their WrestleMania. But their Slammiversary shows are kind of like their SummerSlams or, you know, the other, let's say, Big Four version of WWE pay-per-view. Slammiversary is up there with Bound for Glory as like their big shows, you know? Um, so I think they did a decent show. Um, I mean, we knew the Good Brothers were coming because they made an announcement at like midnight, you know, Hours and hours and hours before midnight that Friday, they came out and said they're 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 on impact and they're going to Slammiversary. And then, like I said, that next Tuesday, Brian Myers 
says he's making an appearance. Oh, I'm sorry. And at the end of the show, they show EC3. So obviously he's coming. So it looks like EC3 is going to be going after Moose. Unless EC3 is doing like a Sting type thing where he just attacks everybody. <laughs> he came out with a hood and, and he jumped Moose from behind. They did a video package for Brian Myers. So, uh, you know, a lot of these guys. And now that Impact has all those guys, you can mark them off the list. Who's left of that big list that got let go? You got Matt Cardona, a.k.a. Zack Ryder. Where is he going? You know, there's rumors of AEW. Uh, I could see him going to... Oh! <laughs> I'm sorry. I forgot about Heath Miller, a.k.a. Heath Slater. Heath Slater popped out on the pay-per-view also. He was the, one of the first surprises of the pay-per-view. Um, but Heath, Heath Miller is a part of Impact also. What's he going to do there? God knows. But um, I, I honestly enjoyed the, the send-off that they... The, the, the kind of send-off that they gave him in WWE when he had that short, very, very short match with Drew McIntyre. Um. And, you know, it was a good send-off. I think he appreciated that rather than just what he got, which was just a kick in the ass on the way out. <laughs> a lot of other guys didn't get that. You know what I mean? Um, so Heath Miller is a part of Impact. Um, but like I said, where's Zack Ryder going? Rusev kind of teased in a video that he did was with his wife, Lana, that he might go to New Japan. I can see Rusev doing good things in New Japan Pro Wrestling um, and just going there and just doing big shit for maybe two or three years and then maybe coming right back to WWE. Um, I can see that. The same way, like, uh, Giant Bernard, a.k.a. Uh, Matt Bloom, Prince Albert, whatever you want to call the guy, A-Train. <laughs> he left, he went to New Japan for a few years, and he came right back to WWE. I see the same thing for Rusev. Um, thinking about who else. Uh, I forget who was on that list of all those people that got let go. Uh, well, Drake Maverick got let go, and he got brought right back after that crying scene video, that very emotional video that he put on Twitter. Um, and now I saw that he's going back to 205 Live, so I guess... <laughs> <laughs> so I guess the NXT slash 205 Live. I'm surprised 205 Live is still a thing. Um, a lot of those guys wrestle on NXT anyway, and they wrestle as not enhancement guys, but they, they wrestle matches on SmackDown and Raw. I don't see why 205 Live is even still a thing. They should just uh, cut bait with that. But that's just me. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think Impact is on the upswing. We'll see what they do. Okay, we'll see what they do with these guys. And, um, you know, and I listen, I'm a wrestling fan. I hope they do good. You know, what I mean, I, I, I want good shit everywhere. I want WWE to put on good stuff, even though oof, it, this pandemic has really <laughs> the uh, the stuff that they've been trying to do is just, well, I mean, we'll get into that. Uh, NXT is still doing good shit. AEW is doing good stuff. Impact is on the upswing. Which leads me to the NWA. Now there's um there's rumors that there was rumors that came out that the NWA is is possibly over. Um, I've heard other things. I've heard Billy Corgan possibly saying that the NWA is not done, and I'm hoping they're not because NWA was a breath of fresh air. Um, the power shows are really cool. I enjoy them, and um, I hope NWA stays around. A lot of their guys have been gone, like uh. Like this, this dude, uh, what's his name? <laughs> he just Ricky, Ricky Starks. He, he's on AEW now. Um, some of the girls, well, I thought one of the girls is on impact. I forget her name. Um, but 
you know, Cole Cabana, he's on AEW. He was an he was a NWA guy. Um Ziggy Dice. Ziggy Dice is gone. He was a he was a decent, you know, <laughs> he was decent. But um, you know, uh, I'm really hoping NWA comes back and comes back stronger. Um I don't know what Ring of Honor's doing. Uh I think Ring of Honor might get Mike and Maria back because they had a good run in Ring of Honor. Um and they recently did an interview with Ring of Honor. So I, I think I think they're going to go back to ROH. Now, in terms of, like I said, Zack Ryder, I can see Zack Ryder going to AEW. There was rumors of him going to AEW. Um, we'll see. We shall see. Um, I, I'm hoping, you know, the wrestling world in general for good things. I don't want Impact to suck. I don't want AEW to suck. I don't want WWE to suck. I don't want nothing to suck. I want good shit everywhere I watch. (laughs) And with that being said, that's where impact is at. Um, it's been a long time since I spoke about impact. Um, so up next, I'm going to get into extreme rules, the horror show, the pay-per-view from last week. Um, yeah, man, it was, it was, uh, it was up and down for me. It was up and down. Um, it, it wasn't the best show I've ever seen. Far from it. And it was also not the worst show I ever saw. But it, you get my drift. So <laughs> so just to get into this real quick, because I, gotta get, I got other stuff to get into, like NXT, AEW, and then very quickly get into Raw and SmackDown and then, and then call it a quits, because it is a lot of stuff to talk about. So... With that being said, let's get into Extreme Rules, the horror show. (laughs) First off, just to start off the chicanery, um, Apollo Crews was supposed to defend the United States title against MVP. However, uh, news came out recently that Apollo Crews, I think, tested positive for the coronavirus. So he is out. (laughs) So MVP comes out with Bobby Lashley and uh, he has his own new United States title that he showed off on SmackDown. So he said, since Apollo Crews is not coming out, I am your new United States champion. So he took the belt. (laughs) He took the new belt and walked out. There you go. (laughs) And you got an eye for an eye. My God. (laughs) Rey Mysterio versus Seth Rollins in an eye for an eye match. And the, and the, the thing about this match is the winner is the one that removes an eye from the other opponent <laughs> of all the matches that they could have done. Um, but whatever. Um, and it's supposedly Rey Mysterio's contract expired, but apparently he's signing a new deal from what I've seen because of Dominic. So there you go. Um, so Seth Rollins wins that match. Uh, it was a good match until the actual eye scenario came into play. So, <laughs> At the point where Seth Rollins is going to put Rey Mysterio's eye on the on the steps, you see Rey's eye. Um, you see Rey's eye uh, turn a different like it's all white. <laughs> and then when he puts his eye on the on the step, all of a sudden you see a plastic boom, like thing there, which is supposed to be his eye, of course. And then Seth Rollins pukes up a little bit of like crumbs or bits of food that he had from earlier. <laughs> <laughs> it was very it was a cheesy very cheesy thing to see um it, <laughs> i don't even know what to say about it to be honest with you <laughs> but uh but yeah seth rollins wins the eye for an eye match <sighs> whatever <laughs> <laughs> bailey defeats 
Nikki Cross for the women's title for the to defend to defend the SmackDown women's title with the help of Sasha. Um, whatever. That's whatever for me. Sasha Banks and Bailey pretty much own WWE programming since this pandemic. Uh, well, especially since Charlotte Flair got injured and uh, Becky Lynch obviously is pregnant. So the other two of the four horsewomen of WWE pretty much own uh, these shows. They're all over the place. They're on Raw. They're on SmackDown. They're on NXT. They're, they're everywhere. But, I mean, they're doing good shit, though. I mean, Bailey's an, an annoying heel, and this is someone who was the prototypical female babyface wrestler. Like, the, you know, the balloon, the balloon, the, the tube men, and the hugs, and the, you know, the little the little Bailey fan that was at NXT that cried when she fought Sasha Banks years ago. Like this, this is, she was the prototypical baby face that you probably never figured would be a decent heel. And she is, she is, she does her job right. Cause she's freaking annoying. <laughs> and Sasha Banks is always a good heel, but you know, they, they've turned it up a notch in terms of the annoyance factor. Um, so Sasha Banks challenges Oscar for the raw women's championship. Now you see this is a scenario that has been done before where an outside an outsider of the match puts on a referee shirt and counts to three. Now in this scenario, Bailey uh I'm sorry, Asuka accidentally hits the referee with the with the mist, okay, and blinds him. So the referee's out of the match. Bailey comes in, hits Asuka with the women's championship, then she puts on the referee's shirt, and then she counts to three. One, two, three, boom. She, Sasha steals the belt, takes it with her. Now, if you rewind to 2006, ECW One Night Stand, John Cena versus Rob Van Dam defending the WWE Championship. Cena was defending. Um, awesome match, by the way. I mean, shit. <laughs> the crowd during that match was probably the best crowd I've I've seen ever, for the most part. Um, the referee's down. Cena's down. Van Dam hits the five star. Paul Heyman comes out and counts the three. Rob Van Dam is considered the champion. Paul Heyman is not an official. He's not a referee. Neither is Bailey. Here's the difference, though. Paul Heyman, if you suspend your disbelief, and we're talking storyline purposes here only, Paul Heyman is an authority figure, okay? He can make rules. He can break rules. He can do whatever he wants. Bailey's another wrestler who has no authority whatsoever in terms of rulemaking or changing rules or making decisions or whatever the case so the fact that Sasha Banks is walking around and WWE officials or whatever, and I'll get to Raw in a little bit when we get into Stephanie McMahon, um, but how does someone not just take that belt from Sasha and give it right back to Asuka is beyond me. <laughs> because it's like, come on, we're talking storyline here, right? Yeah, Sasha got, I mean, Asuka got pinned, but an official didn't make the didn't make the count. At least Paul Heyman at the time was the owner of ECW and in, in, in storyline purposes, he was the man. He was the one who makes the rules. That was his arena. That was his rules. That was his pay-per-view. Bailey's just another chick. You know what I mean? She's just another wrestler. She makes the three count and Sasha takes the belt and walks away. And why isn't Asuka just come, not coming after Sasha beating her ass and taking her belt back? Technically, Asuka's still the Raw Women's Champion, but Sasha Banks has been walking around for the past week with the belt. <clears throat> Screw it. I'll just talk about it right now. Stephanie McMahon made an appearance last night, and she said next week, once and for all, we'll figure out who is the Raw Women's Champion, Sasha versus Asuka, blah, blah, blah. 
It's so stupid. <laughs> but whatever the case, um, it is what it is. We have Drew McIntyre versus Dolph Ziggler for the WWE Championship. Drew McIntyre defending against Dolph, who makes his own stipulations for the match. And Dolph Ziggler made the match into a no, a no disqualification match, but just for himself. And he took away all of the champion's advantage. He took away the count-out advantage and the DQ advantage, which means if Drew got DQ'd purposely or counted out purposely, he loses the belt. So he put everything on the line against Drew McIntyre, and Drew still won, of course. <laughs> I always thought Dolph Ziggler lost his opportunity to be a big money player champion when he won the belt and then got concussed by Jack Swagger <laughs> back in the day. <laughs> Poor Dolph. Um, whatever. Um, <laughs> so Drew got the belt, and then the next night on Raw, which happened this past week, uh, Dolph Ziggler was begging for another rematch, pretty much saying he owes it to him. Blah 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 blah. Now it's, the roles are reversed. Now Drew McIntyre in their rematch will have the stipulation on his own, and he will not say what the stipulation is until the match comes itself, just like Dolph did. Um, and then the main event, the Wyatt. Swamp match. <laughs> now, you see, I figured this match was going to be for the WWE Championship. My boy Steve over at the SD podcast thought the same thing. He texted me. He was like, So is Bray the champion or not? And I was like, I don't know. They they never made an official annou- announcement that he was the champion. This They actually probably never said this was for the WWE Universal Championship. However, Universal Champion Braun Strowman goes back home to the Swamp to fight Bray Wyatt in a Wyatt Swamp fight, which is another one of the cinematic um, movie matches that they put on, like they did in WrestleMania, that they did with the Boneyard, and what they did with Bray Wyatt and John Cena. Um, So Bray Wyatt, once again, proving he is the Freddy Krueger of WWE, playing crazy mind games with with, uh, with Braun. Now, here's the thing that was on my notes that I was going to talk about. That everybody was bitching about online and talking and talking about why was Alexa Bliss sister Abigail? It should have been Liv Morgan. Blah 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 blah. Do any of you people really really believe, looking at it, that she was supposed to be sister Abigail? She was not. It, 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 once again, this is my opinion only. I'm just going by what I think. Alexa Bliss was not supposed to be sister Abigail. Alexa Bliss was just used by Bray in terms of that that was just a manifestation of Alexa Bliss. Because if you watch SmackDown last night, they didn't mention one time, even when Alexa Bliss came out. Now, if if it was the case, why didn't Sasha and Bailey, being the heels that they are, call her sister Abigail or say, oh, shouldn't she be out, you know, in the swamp somewhere? They didn't mention none of that. I don't think Alexa Bliss in character, character meaning, you know, was even there to begin with. That was just a mind game by Bray. Because when Braun Strowman and Alexa Bliss, they were tag partners in in the mixed tag league that they had. And they played it off like Bray and Alexa had a little relationship thing going. Or thought about it. So Bray used Alexa who obviously Braun has a lot of love for, to lure him in to come into the swamp. It just, the whole Sister Abigail thing, you know, died off years ago with Randy Orton, apparently. 
And Bray, thank and I thank the Lord above, man, <laughs> that they didn't have that match with Bray and Finn Balor where Bray was supposed to be Sister Abigail. <laughs> they made it seem like Sister Abigail was just another one of Bray Wyatt's alter egos. That she never existed. You know what I mean? So my opinion is Alexa Bliss was never meant to be Sister Abigail. This figure was just a manifestation of Alexa Bliss. Because why in Alexa Bliss's form would she say, you know, you always wanted to be with me, Bray? It wasn't Sister Abigail saying, son, come home or some bullshit like that. It was Alexa Bliss. This was not supposed to be Sister Abigail. This was Alexa Bliss. So, and you know, I could be wrong, but I don't think so. (laughs) So with that being said, the match itself, it was what it was. It was a lot of talking. It was a lot of mind fucking Pretty much, it was a big acid trip, just like the John Cena one. Um, it kind of reminded me of a scene from Friday the 13th, um, you know, with the whole swamp and jumping into the water and all that stuff. And it ended with uh, with Braun getting taken into the swamp, into the water, and then the Fiend coming out of the water. So, yeah, there we go. So, on SmackDown last night, they had a Firefly Funhouse, and Bray was like, you had your chance. He was talking to the Lantern. I guess that was supposed to be the original Bray Wyatt character talking to, you know, I guess the Mr. Rogers Bray Wyatt. I don't know what to call this particular Bray Wyatt, the one that wears the sweater. <laughs> and he hosts the Firefly Funhouse. I'm not sure, you know, you got the Fiend. You got OG Bray Wyatt. What do we call this guy? You know what I mean? So he's talking to the to the Lantern, and he said, you had your chance. It's now his turn, which makes me believe that it's going to be The Fiend versus Braun Strowman at SummerSlam for the for the Universal Championship in an actual match. Um, Braun Strowman was not on the show last night. So before I saw the Firefly Funhouse gimmick thing, my thought process was, is Bray Wyatt, I mean, not Bray Wyatt, is Braun Strowman returning as, once again, a member of the Wyatt family? Obviously not, if Bray is saying it's The Fiend's turn. So if The Fiend is, fat, is battling... Braun, obviously Braun is going to come back as Braun, but I was thinking maybe with some effects to him, like something is messing with him, which could possibly be the case when he has the match and maybe loses the belt to the Fiend at SummerSlam, but we'll see what happens. Um, So yeah, that was the horror show. Uh, In many ways, you can call it a horror show, (laughs) a shit show, (laughs) but it wasn't too bad. It, it, It wasn't bad at all. Um, I'm, I'm sorry. It was kind of bad, (laughs) but yeah, man, with that being said, uh, I'm going to take a very, very short break. And then after that, we're going to get into some NXT. So with that being said, I'm going to take a quick little break. I'll be right back. My name is Raven, professional wrestling superstar. Listen to Jay's week in wrestling podcast. Quote the Raven. Nevermore. My name is Raven. 
We are back. <laughs> I told you it was going to be a short break. <laughs> um, yeah. Shout out to my man, Raven. Well, he's not my man. He don't know me, but he gave me the shout out. <laughs> um, I'm a huge, like I said before, I'm a huge mark for Raven. And that was a dope uh, birthday present from my boy, Izzy. Uh, almost, well, almost a year. <laughs> almost a year ago. Uh, got me the cameo shout out. So thank you. Thank you, Izzy, for that. Like I said, big ECW fan, huge Raven fan. Uh, he's one of my favorites of all time. So just to hear him mention, and it was a bigger message than that, but I condensed it for the show. But, um, but yeah, big ups to my man, Raven. <laughs> um, so NXT this week uh, was, well, the, the last couple weeks has been pretty dope. Um, obviously, uh, the Great American Bash was a two-day thing a few weeks back where uh, Keith Lee became a double champion. Um, he beat Adam Cole for the NXT championship. And now, from the looks of it, he will be in a little feud here with Karrion Cross, who uh, this week destroyed Dominic, Di- uh, Dominic Dijakovic in a very Rocky Four scenario. <laughs> um, they had a picture of Keith Lee you know, hovering over his friend Dijakovic and looking out at uh at Cross with um Scarlet and it was kinda like if he dies, he dies. <laughs> but um I think that's gonna be a really good match. Carrying Cross I think has a very, very good future here in 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 WWE in general, because him and Scarlet together, you know, she's obviously his fiance or his wife. I forget what they you know, what they are at the moment. But um Scarlet's good, a good mouthpiece and 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 looks, of course. And then Karrion Cross is just a monster, just a beast. And um, you know him and Keith Lee, I think they're gonna have a great match. Um, when it does happen, um, Damian Priest has been feuding with Cameron Grimes. He finally got his revenge on Cameron Grimes last week. Um, and then this past week, uh, the Robert Stone brand finally got a new member. In Mercedes Martinez. So Mercedes Martinez saved Robert Stone from Shotzi Blackheart. And then later on said, look, I need someone to take care of my contracts. I need someone to take care of the other, you know, crap that I don't really care about. I just want to get in the ring and hurt people. So will you do that for me? And he was like, yeah, I got you. So now now he has Aaliyah and now he has Mercedes Martinez. Because before... He was just trying to get anybody he can get. He was trying to get uh, Rhea Ripley. He was trying to get whoever, and he couldn't. <laughs> he couldn't get nobody. So he got Aaliyah, and now he got, um, and now he got Mercedes Martinez, who's an absolute killer <laughs> in that ring. Um, Io Shirai last week defeated Tegan Knox, but then as she got um, onto the ramp to celebrate her championship defense, she gets kicked in the face by Dakota Kai. So it looks like Dakota Kai is next on the docket for the genius of the sky, Io Shirai. Um, Oni Lorkin has been feuding with Timothy Thatcher. Timothy Thatcher is, 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 is an interesting character because he, he likes to hurt people. He's a technical wizard, but at the same time, he seems like a psychopath. So, <laughs> let's see where they go with this Timothy Thatcher character. I guess, uh, and next, well, let's, let's kind of slow things down a little bit. I feel like I've been rushing this. Um, Keith Lee surrendered the NXT North American championship. So William Regal has announced a series of triple threat matches and the winners of these triple threat matches will be in a ladder match at takeover 30. 
for the opportunity to be the North American champion. Um, what's his name? <laughs> Bronson Reed is already in the ladder match. He won a triple threat match against Johnny Gargano and um, uh, and Roderick Strong last this past week to get in the match. Next week, we got Finn Balor, um, Dexter Loomis, and Timothy Thatcher. That's going to be an interesting trio in the ring because, like I said, Thatcher is a technical wizard. Uh, Loomis is just unpredictable. He does some crazy shit. And then you got Finn Balor, who's overall just one of the best wrestlers around. So this is going to be very interesting. I wonder who's the other triple threat match is going to be. They're, they're going to obviously announce it next week. Um, my my thing is um, the tag team division is kind of on a, on a halt a little bit. Imperium is still the NXT tag team champions, but haven't seen much of them. Um, Walter is obviously stuck somewhere in the UK. <laughs> uh, what's this dude's name? Uh, damn it. Um, uh, my bad. I totally had a, had a brain lapse there. Um, I'm trying to think of all these guys, that, but, uh, I'm losing it. <laughs> Whatever. The tag team division is kind of on a halt. It's kind of on a, a standstill in NXT right now. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall between the great American bash, they had a, a nice two day, two week run, uh, and, that run, I think the Great American Bash actually beat out uh, Fighter Fest for for the ratings. Yeah, I mean those two weeks. So they they put on some decent matches. They put on a good show. Um, you know, Mia Yim and Candice LeRae have been going at it. They're they're having good matches. Um, Santos Escobar, who is the leader of Legado del Fantasma, he's the X. He's the I almost said the X Division champion. Wow, he's the NXT Cruiserweight champion. <laughs> <laughs> he's been feuding with uh, Drake Maverick and uh, Breeze Ango, and they've had some pretty good matches. Um, let, let's talk about Adam Cole, baby. <laughs> a video came out literally a few couple days ago. He was doing an interview with McAfee. Well, I forget what his... Pat McAfee, former punter for the Indianapolis Colts, Huge wrestling fan, and he ended up in the somehow being in the inner circle, no pun intended, inner circle of WWE, doing pre-shows and and doing podcasts, and he has his own radio show podcast, and he had Adam Cole. And he, you know, him and his producer that he had over there, they were throwing little little jabs at Adam Cole, you know. And all of a sudden Adam Cole just pops up, throws the microphone on the floor and starts Flipping the fuck out, cursing at Pat McAfee, saying he could have been with his family, but he decided to do his stupid show. He came on, he was throwing a shit fit. Um, and <laughs> and they were cursing at each other, and he just left. And I was like, what? What? Wait a minute. Now, if you rewind time like I did before, what promo made the Miz super duper popular? I want to say back in twenty. 16 or 17, I forget when. Talking smack when he ran down Daniel Bryan. Didn't that lead into a match? Yeah, it did when Daniel Bryan came back. I have a feeling Pat McAfee is going to wrestle in an NXT ring at TakeOver against Adam Cole. 
Oh man. <laughs> I hope not. I hope a lot of people were saying it's a work. I, of course it's a work. I think it's a work. I, I, I'm just surprised that WWE let them go off like that, but it was interesting to watch. I'm not a fan of Pat McAfee, so I kind of enjoyed it. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, a lot of people are saying Pat McAfee versus Adam Cole at NXT TakeOver 30. <sighs> I, let's see. I don't know. Let's see. Maybe Pat McAfee brings someone to fight Adam Cole. I would rather see that. I don't want to see Pat McAfee in an NXT ring. I mean, he's obviously, he's an athlete. You know, he's a, I mean, he was a punter, but I mean, you still got to be an athlete to be in the NFL. So we've had NFL players go against wrestlers, you know, quite frequently in the past. You know, WrestleMania 2, they had the Battle Royal with all the NFL players in there. You know, Lawrence Taylor main evented WrestleMania against Bam Bam Bigelow. I'm not comparing Pat McAfee to any of those guys, but <laughs> we'll see how it goes, man. Uh, they, they, is it that they're running out of stuff for Adam Cole to do in NXT? That he has to go against guys who host pre-shows? You know, it's Adam freaking Cole. You know, I mean, he's, I mean, if you think about it, he's been tag champ. He's been, you know, North American champ. He's been NXT champ. Maybe it's time for him to go to the main roster, you know. Maybe it's time for the Undisputed Era to get moved up. You know, I mean, I love NXT. I love NXT. And I live out here in Florida. I go to the shows. Well, I used to before this pandemic bullshit. But you know what I mean. And I love the Undisputed Era. And I would hate to think what they would do with them on the main roster. I would hope they would do good things with them. But history proves they don't do the best job with a lot of these NXT guys that go up. But. Hopefully, I would think they would do something good with the Undisputed Era. I'd say SmackDown is the place for them to go for now and then eventually go to Raw. But that's just, that's my, that, that would be my idea. But um, I, I think their time in NXT is ending. And if Adam Cole is wrestling Pat McAfee, I definitely think his time is ending in NXT. We shall see. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean Keith Lee going up against Karrion Cross, I can't wait for that. I really can't. That's going to be that's going to be good stuff right there. Um and then let's just jump to Raw and SmackDown from this week real quick and we'll end off with AEW. Um you know, from the looks of it, there seems to be a new nation of domination coming around. Um in the ter- in the sense of MVP uh, you know, MVP, Lashley, Shelton Benjamin, who's the new 24-7 champion. They were talking with Ron Simmons on Monday night, which was pretty cool. And Ron Simmons, I remember telling MVP, there's another way to go with this. Think about it. And MVP was like, all right, we, we'll take that into consideration. Who's to say that when Apollo Crews doesn't come back, he just doesn't join these guys? You know, make a new nation a domination. Have Ron Simmons come back as Farouk and be, you know, just the the, the spiritual, you know, the, the guidance, the leader. You know, you have MVP, you have Lashley, you have Apollo Crews, you have Shelton Benjamin. That's a good crew, man. That's a good crew. It's a crew from like 2006, but it's a good crew. <laughs> Apollo Crews would be the only, you know, technically young guy in that group. But Lashley's still a monster. Shelton Benjamin still got something in the tank, and 
MVP is another one that I feel like shouldn't be wrestling, but but you know they, they're short on talent, so they have to do something. <laughs> they have to do something with him. <laughs> um, but yeah, a new nation of domination forming. That would be cool. I wouldn't mind that at all. You know, um, I'm gonna be going back and forth between Raw and SmackDown just with the notes. This is just an overall WWE of uh, review of this week that that I, you know, feel like I need to talk about. Um, I already spoke about Alexa Bliss not being Sister Abigail, Braun and the Fiend at SummerSlam. Um, a, a singles push for Big E. Now, last night, Kofi Kingston told Big E that uh, he suffered uh, bruised ribs or something like that, or he suffered some sort of injury at the pay-per-view. Oh, yeah, the New Day lost to Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura. I forgot to mention that for the WWE Tag Team titles, for the SmackDown Tag Team titles. So... Kofi Kingston's going to be out of action for about six to eight weeks or six to ten weeks, some craziness like that. So he told Big E, now it's your time to show these guys what you could do on your own. And Big E was a little, uh, you know, I'm all about the new day, blah, blah, blah. And Kofi was like, look, we appreciate it. And you've always been selfless. You've always been about the new day. You know, but let's look at it. I'm going to be out. Xavier's still out. It's time for Big E to shine. It's time for Big E to do what you got to do, you know? So a big singles push for Big E, and and I've always mentioned it. I've always said Big E could be the guy that, you know, he has it all. He has the look. He has the ability. He has the, the athleticism. He's huge. He's a powerhouse, and he's comedic, and he's funny. He has a character. Big E would have been cool with that new nation of domination. <laughs> could you imagine that that would have been crazy and that's that we we thought the new day was going to be that that's what we thought the new day was going to be we thought the new day was going to be the new nation of domination until they came out the way they did you know but let's see what they do with biggie on smackdown maybe he can push for you know they'll probably put him against aj styles for the intercontinental title aj had a couple of Good matches with Matt Riddle the past two weeks. Now Matt Riddle is feuding with King Corbin. And AJ Styles is going to defend the IC title against Grand Matalik. I don't know what that's about. <laughs> but um, Grand Matalik won a fatal four-way to win the chance to go against AJ. So huh, we'll see with that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, You know, give Naomi a chance or give her something better. This has been something that's been brewing on Twitter. Let me tell you something. I like Naomi. I've always liked Naomi. Um, I remember seeing Naomi in FCW. I remember seeing Naomi in NXT. Um, I remember her part of the Funkadactyls. I've always thought she had a lot of athleticism. She's always been a great athlete. I always thought she deserved better than what she got years ago. But let's face it, she's a multiple-time champion. She won battle royals at WrestleMania. She's won championships at WrestleMania. What more do you want to give this chick? <laughs> There's new girls on the roster. You know what I mean? Um, she's feuding with Lacey, who's one of the newer who's one of the newer chicks, who's getting better. You know, Sasha and Bailey pretty much run the show. You have Asuka on Raw. You know, what, What you want Naomi to be champion? What is better than what she got? 
Why? Because they put her in a karaoke contest? Okay. They put Lacey in that same contest. They put Dana Brooke, who everybody was like, oh, Dana Brooke, give her a chance too. Dana Brooke sucks, first of all. <laughs> you know, that it is what it is. She's gotten better. She's gotten better, but she ain't there. Okay? Naomi's always been there. Okay? It's just, you know, she's gotten hurt here. Little setback here, little setback here. That's the way the game goes, man. Dolph Ziggler's been great for 15 years, but you know what? He's only been heavyweight champion once, twice as a fluke. I mean, come on. (laughs) Not everybody can be world champion. Not everybody can be the guy. Not everybody can be the girl. I think Naomi has has gotten good, you know, the past few years. You know, Tamina, <laughs> she was in that karaoke thing, too. You don't see people bitch and give Tamina a chance. You don't see people give give this person better, give that person better. I like Naomi. I always have. But let's cut it out. <laughs> okay? <laughs> let's cut it out. What, are you supposed to just give her a title shot? I mean, what happens after the title shot? She loses to Bailey. What happens then? She's going to have a regular match with plug in so-and-so, and we're going to be like, if, you know, she deserves so much better. Why? Why? What com- Anything compelling has Naomi done in the past two or three years? I don't know. Can you tell me? <laughs> Listen, like I said, Naomi's always been great, a great athlete. She's really, really good, and I like her. Let me just re... re- Instill that into everyone's brain. I like Naomi. Let's just cut the crap. <laughs> okay. Um, what else? Oh, I'm going to talk about Jeff Hardy and Sheamus. And then from there, I end off with AEW. Um, Jeff Hardy finally beats his demons. And he beat Sheamus in a bar fight last night. Another pre-recorded thing that WWE did. It was okay. <laughs> That's all I can really say. It was okay. It wasn't great. The thing that made me laugh was when Sheamus had Jeff down and then he put his hat over his face. And then two seconds later, he takes the hat off and all of a sudden, Jeff's Hardy, Jeff Hardy's face is fully painted. <laughs> and he had these things on his eyes, which made me kind of think of Willow real quick. I was like, please, Lord, let this not be the Willow character. <laughs> um, but Jeff Hardy popped up, hulked up. And uh, beat Sheamus down, and he jumped on a ladder and hit him with the swanton off the ladder onto the floor, which obviously they put mats down because you could see Jeff Hardy bounced. <laughs> if it was the regular concrete or whatever it was, he wouldn't have bounced like that. But um, Jeff Hardy wins the match, and uh, presumably ending that feud, I, w- I would hope, because, I mean, this isn't the first time that in pro wrestling someone has used someone's... Uh, personal demons in a storyline obviously wcw did it with scott hall the difference is he actually came into the ring drunk storyline and 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 you know had drinks with his little feud with kevin nash and all that stuff but um you know jeff hardy is showing that he's been sober and all that good for him good for him i like jeff um i've always liked the hardys uh do i think this is gonna lead to a big thing for, for jeff i don't know we'll see what happens um So I'm going to take one more very, very quick break, and then we'll end the show talking some AEW.
name is Brian Pillman Jr. and you're listening to Jay's Week in Wrestling Podcast. Stay informed on your favorite wrestlers, just like me, Brian Pillman Jr. They'll probably be talking about me. Stay healthy out there with everything going on in the world. And above all, stay blessed, my friends. Yo, we are back to end off the show, talking some AEW. Um, AEW, the past couple weeks, obviously, they had their two nights of Fighter Fest. Um, and then the week after, they had Fight for the Fallen. And then we'll get into some AEW from this past week. Um, I mean, nothing, nothing too crazy this past week. I mean, except for... Uh, well, like I said, I'll get into this week in a second, but, um, before that, I'm just getting to fight for the fallen real quick from last week. Uh, Cody defeated Sonny kiss to defend the TNT championship. Decent match. I mean, nothing to go, nothing to write home about nothing too crazy. Um, and he continues his, um, open challenges for the TNT championship. Hmm. I wonder who did that before. All right, let's go. Uh, FTR, Cash Wheeler, and Dax Hardwood defeated the Lucha Brothers in a tag team. Uh, tag team match was pretty good. Obviously, the Lucha Brothers coming back recently. I uh, missed seeing Pentagon and Phoenix. They're really, really good. Um, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks defeated the Jurassic Express. I like Luchasaurus. I kind of like Jungle Boy. I have no like for Marco Stunt. <laughs> Even though they did some crazy freaking moves. Like, there was this one point where uh, I think Luchasaurus had one of the bucks on his shoulder. And they threw Marco Stunt from the top rope. He leaped up, jumped onto one of the bucks, and did a freaking Canadian Destroyer. And it was just, uh, just a freaking dangerous move. <laughs> um, the Nightmare Sisters, Brandy Rhodes and Allie, defeated Kenzie Page and MJ Jenkins. All right. The Nightmare Sisters. Hmm. Never said what happened to the bunny, huh? That's what <laughs> and then John Moxley defeated Brian Cage because Taz threw in the towel. Like, okay. That immediately takes me back to Survivor Series 1994 when Owen when uh Bret Hart was wrestling Bob Backlund in a submission match. And um and uh I think uh, Owen Hart coint uh convinced his mother Martha Martha Hart to throw in the towel because Brett was stuck in the crossface chicken wing um uh, they built this thing as Brian Cage coming in with uh, his surgically repaired bicep and John Moxley kind of reverting from his hardcore style to a more technical style and going for the submission he went for the arm bar held it and um you know Ta uh, Brian Cage didn't tap out, but Taz just, you know, saw his investment going down the drain and he didn't want Brian Cage to, you know, suffer another injury. So he threw in the towel. <sighs> that's fine. Uh, that's a good way to have Cage still be strong at the end. Um, The funny thing is with that bad arm that John Moxley was tearing to pieces, he comes back and gives John Moxley a clothesline with the same arm. <laughs> 
<laughs> I was like, that's a good sell there, Brian. <laughs> but whatever, Brian Cage was beating him down. And then the returning Darby Allen comes out of nowhere and hits Brian Cage with the skateboard and gets him out the ring because Brian Cage was the one that injured Darby Allen and kept him out of action for a little while. Um, Then we get into uh, this week. Now, there was rumors going around of who was going to uh, answer Cody's open challenge for this week. I thought it was going to be Zack Ryder, or it could have been Rusev, or it could have been... And that's before I heard Rusev saying he might go to, to Japan. But um, the last person I expected was Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston, who's an 18-year veteran, he was... In CCW, Ring of Honor, Impact, he's been everywhere. Last uh, NWA, I think the last place he's been was NWA. Uh, last place I saw him was Evolve, but uh, he, I guess he's been in NWA for a little while. He pops up out of nowhere, and I was like, wow, that's interesting. Uh, I, he's one guy I didn't expect to to be in this match, but um, he had a hardcore match with Cody, man. It was a brutal brutal match and um and he brought out the thumbtacks and cody got power bombed on him and oh, a bunch of crazy spots but cody ended up winning the match uh with a figure four leg lock because uh eddie kingston's leg was hurt so he caught him with that and made him tap out um i don't know if cody's trying hard or a little too hard to distinguish himself from being a top guy and to a hardcore worker because everybody knows him and the Bucks pretty much own the place with, uh, you know, obviously Tony Khan is the one with the money, but everybody knows that they run the joint. And I think Cody with these open challenges with random people and having great matches with them, I think he's just trying super hard to show the fans that remember he's, he's a worker as well. He's not just a guy who who books or or runs the place. You know what I mean? I think he's trying a little bit too hard, man. You don't need to do that to your body, bro. But um, but hey, it was a good match. <laughs> it was a good match. Um, and they continued. Uh, uh, Nyla Rose has um Vicky Guerrero now as a manager, and that should be interesting. Vicky Guerrero, obviously, uh, the you know wife of the late great Hall of Famer Eddie Guerrero. Um, she was on WWE TV for years as an authority figure and a manager, so she knows what she's doing. Um, will it help Nyla Rose any? Probably. I don't know. <laughs> um, Nyla Rose probably going for Hikaru Shida's AEW Women's Championship. I think the, the women's division in AEW is a little bit lacking. But they got some good girls, man. I, I like Penelope Ford. I think she's my favorite one out of that crew. We haven't seen Riho in a long time. <laughs> um, that experiment for me kind of flopped. Ah, Riho was just so damn little. Just so tiny. It was not believable at all that she could beat Nyla Rose or a lot of, the, of these other girls. But, um, you know... I think Penelope Ford has a good fu- has a big future, and obviously uh, Britt Baker when she gets back from injury, um, you know she's a real nasty heel, and she's she's pretty good. Um, then uh, they're continuing the feud with with Brian Cage, and and now with uh with Ricky Ricky Starks from NWA, 
is in AEW now, and he seems to be aligning himself with Brian Cage and Taz, which is pretty cool. I like Ricky. I like Ricky Starks. He's a he's another one that has a big future uh, uh, in professional wrestling. And him, he's with Taz and Brian Cage, and they're feuding with John Moxley and and Darby Allen. So that should be interesting. Now to end off, let's let's talk about the inner circle. Chris Jericho is feuding with Orange Cassidy, the the sloth. <laughs> Um, Jericho had a honestly Jericho's match with Orange Cassidy a couple a week a week or so ago. Honestly, was pretty good, man. Uh, it was two weeks ago. I think it was at uh, f- it was at f- night two of Fighter Fest. I want to say, um, no, it was at Fight for the Fallen. It was one of those two. Um, but um, they had a pretty decent match, man. Uh, Orange Cassidy turned it on. He actually wasn't doing his slow sloth bullshit he was actually wrestling um jericho made him look really good um now the thing from this past week they defeated the jurassic express they were beating them down then this one guy came out of nowhere and helped them out did a shooting star press on i think uh jungle boy he takes his mask off and it's the returning sammy guevara to the surprise and the delight of the whole um inner circle so the inner circle ended the night Fully intact, you know, with uh, with Ortiz and Santana and obviously Jake Hager, Jericho and Sammy Guevara. So with the inner circle fully formed back together, you know, obviously. And, and I think next week they're going to be going against Orange Cassidy, the best friends and one more person. But I forget who. But uh, I'll keep you guys all updated on the newest and latest in terms of the pro wrestling business in the next episode, which will be the big one, the big five zero. <laughs> so I'll probably have some guests on. The next episode will be episode 50. Um, you know what? I said I was going to end with AEW. I lied. <laughs> I'm going to end off with some boxing. Oh, yeah, I'm going to talk some boxing right now. <laughs> September 12th, two days before my birthday. Mike Tyson is coming out of retirement to go against another boxer who's coming out of retirement. Roy Jones Jr. Now, when I saw this, and I knew Tyson was coming, was training for a comeback. Everybody knew it. He's been promoting himself for the past couple months, showing training videos. He looks like he's in amazing shape. But, um... Then they announced, I thought he was going to face Holyfield. Some people thought he was going to go against um, Shannon Briggs. Um, but the Roy Jones thing wasn't on my radar at all. I didn't I didn't know about Roy Jones until they made the announcement on first take on ESPN. So Mike Tyson, former heavyweight champion of the world, the youngest heavyweight champion ever, my favorite heavyweight boxer of all time. It's going against... Roy Jones is another legend in in the boxing world. Multiple multiple time champion in different weight classes. He even won the heavyweight title in a match against John Ruiz back in the day. <sighs> Here's the thing. Tyson's in great shape. He's a monster. He's a killer. He's a he, uh, one of the biggest knockout artists of all time. Roy Jones has been active. He retired in two, two years ago, 2018. Mike Tyson retired a hell of a lot way further than that. Ring rust is a real thing, okay? Now, they're both going to be rusty because Roy hasn't fought in two years, but 
Roy's going to be ahead in terms of maybe stamina, speed. Ring rust is not going to be that bad for him in terms of Mike. However, I think it's going to take a lot more work for Roy to finish Mike than it would for Mike to finish Roy. I think if Mike catches him with one good shot, it is lights out because Mike is in great shape for his age. And he's only three years older than Roy. So I don't think the age is going to be a factor at all. And you know what they say about a boxer, the power is the last thing you lose. So <laughs> I honestly, and, and when the time comes, I'll probably do a, a preview show for it when the time comes because it's, you know, it's in another month and a half away. So my early prediction is Mike by knockout, but that's just my fan, my fandom talking. <laughs> but like I said, when the time comes, I'll probably do a pre-show for it. Definitely going to talk about it. Um, so, yeah, this was episode 49, legit. of the Jay's Weekend Wrestling Podcast. Like I said, you can listen to it. S&D Podcast channel, sndblog.com, the soon soon finished johnnypodcaster.com. My boy Eddie sent me some some of the graphics that he's done for it so far. It looks awesome. I cannot wait for the finished product. And once it's done, I will show it to you guys and You'll be able to find all the shows there as well. I'm going to try to do my horror show, my episode three of my horror show coming up very soon. Um, Like I said, I'm on every social media outlet imaginable. You can listen on any podcast outlet imaginable. This was episode 49. Thank you for listening, everybody. Catch you next time. Peace. the podcast channel could be listened to on all podcast platforms including itunes google play soundcloud stitcher spotify and of course sndblog.com we could also be found on all of the social media platforms including facebook twitter and instagram don't forget since you love our show so much make sure to rate review and of course share with all your family and friends At Acuity Insurance, we believe the things you do for your business are heroic, and you deserve someone equally heroic to protect them. We put our all into covering your business so you can focus on the things you love most. That's the power of heart. Acuity Insurance, wholeheartedly for you.